Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence. And we thank you that you will lead us now in the Word into all the things that you want us to know about the truth. And we bless your holy name and we thank you that you have decided to open our eyes that we may see into the realm of the Spirit and know the things of God. And I we pray that now that those things that are still not yet known or hidden for one reason or another be, Lord, revealed to us in this time that we are living in. We thank you that you are the God of heaven and earth, of all things created, both visible and invisible. And you have something for us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. There are going to be two significant signs that we need to keep our eyes on in the times that we are living in. And whilst we go about <coughs> doing our daily business, whatever that may be, expressing our hopes, desires and aspirations for the future. Some of us want to get married, some of us want to have children, some of us want to move state or buy a house or whatever else that we want to do. And uh, we may be projecting our thought life towards that, our planning and our decision making towards that in the hope and the intention that we will reach and achieve our goal at some stage in that planning and that we will ultimately you know enjoy what we have purposed for ourselves and uh, perhaps God will bless it. Uh, that's a lot of what people think these days and uh, God warned us that it will be as in the days of Noah. They'll be giving in marriage and taking in marriage and feasting and carrying on and doing all sorts of things. And then the end will come suddenly. Amen? And uh, I don't know where you're at in your prophetic understanding of where the world is at and where the church is at and where Jesus is at. And I, I think we need to be more realistic in our thinking and in our planning and in our understanding so that we are prepared for the unprepared nature that can come upon us of not only what the devil has devised but also what God himself has said and spoken and oftentimes he doesn't reveal to us easily so we need to understand how to approach our lives on this earth in terms of the future. And that's why I speak prophetically so much because the whole Bible is a prophecy. It's a Bible of the past, the present and the future. But all of it is prophecy. It's all what God spoke into being when He created the universe and whatever else that He created. So you and I need to understand that our focus should not be on minimal things or upon this earth or upon ourselves or upon our desires and what we want for ourselves but our focus should be into the realm of the spirit so that when we understand what is happening in the spirit we will also be able to partake in a spiritual sense of what is happening on the earth 
and we prepare the position. And uh, many times people are not, and, and it's a sad situation when they're not because it's an absolute disaster that comes and they're not prepared. And then they cry out to God and say, why? And God says, I've already told you, I've already spoken to you. I've already told you what is coming, but you weren't listening. And so we need to be extremely careful in these last two days, in these last days. And I believe there are two signs that will indicate what is going to happen and is already happening. So let's go to the book of Daniel, chapter 8. The title of my message is Above all, truth must prevail. Above all, truth must prevail. Daniel chapter 8. And Daniel is talking about this vision that he had. And then he explains the vision and about what is coming in the future. And it's all imagery. But it is later on translated as to what that imagery is talking about. And as we get to verse 12, it's talking about one particular kind of person who's going to come, a king, who's going to rule the earth. And in verse 12 it says, And a host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression. And it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced and prospered. Take particular note about the sentence it says, It cast the truth down to the ground. Amen? Now we, we need to take particular note about that sentence because of what is happening around us at this moment. And then let's go and have a look at Daniel chapter 8 verse 25. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand and he shall magnify himself in his heart and by peace shall destroy many he shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without end. So it's talking about the Antichrist, the one who is the son of the devil, who's going to come and he's going to do two things. One is he's going to cast down the truth. So we've got to determine what truth is he going to cast down. Secondly, he's going to cause craft or witchcraft to prosper. Amen? Now we can really think of witchcraft as something that is voodoo, voodoo stuff with witches and all this sort of stuff. But it's, it's much more than that. Mm. For example, rebellion is as witchcraft. Yeah. Amen? Rebellion is as idolatry. Idolatry is witchcraft. Okay? So whatever way you look at it, it's, it's all got to do with witchcraft. So, we need to understand what is going to be promoted by this man and how is he going to cast down the truth and what truth is he talking about. So we need to understand that because it's going to operate under a veil, a cloak. Okay, the casting down of the truth is going to operate under a veil. So how does the devil do that? Like, let's go back to the Garden of Eden and he appears before Eve and, and he disputes in a very nice way the word of God given to Eve and Adam 
and that has been established in their heart. And she said, yeah, God did say we must not eat of this fruit. And he said, did God say? Mm. Right? And he put the doubt into her mind. And then caused her to be tempted by what she could see and what she could feel, both of which were opened and given to her by the devil, a false truth. She was able to see a false truth. Now the moment she was able to see a false truth, the flesh side of her became desirous of it. Okay? I was in a, in a car with another man and we were discussing a business deal and I was desperate to do well in my business and get ahead and I was struggling and this man offered me a position that he had uh, in, in a well-established company that was doing what I wanted to be doing. And we were both in the car. But he was a Hindu and I was a Christian and he was practicing witchcraft, which I didn't know much about in concerning his life. And when he was making this offer, it, it was getting more and more desirous because he was talking about big things. He said, I'll, I'll make you my state purchasing guy and you'll have access to all my mines in India. You know, I'm, I was seeing stars, you know, I was thinking, wow, you know, this is exactly what I wanted. This is, you know, where did this come out of? And, and as he was talking to me, the spirit of evil started, of desire and lust started rising out, out of him and started to come towards him. And I could see it with my spiritual eyes. I opened the door of the car and ran for my life. The desire is going to come for you and for me to give up our Christian world. In lieu of something else that the devil will offer us. And it says he's going to offer peace to the world. What does the world require most today? Peace. People want to see an end to killing, an end to poverty, an end to famine, an end to disasters, and all manners of evil that's going on. Well, the very evil one is going to come and say, I'm going to give you peace, and I'll stop it. Because he started it, he can stop it. Okay? So this is going to be something that's going to come to us because it's going to start in the church first and it's already happening here. Not only in this body, but it's happening in the body of Christ around the world. Now I've stood firm in this church against evil. We've had practicing witches come here. We've had all manners of people wanting to come. Pedophiles have come. Uh, all manners of all little lifestyle people have come. People have come here who wanted me to say to them, yes, you know, endorse my, my Christianity and endorse my sin. You don't know about it because I have to deal with it one-on-one -on -one and I don't tell you about it. But then when you come on a Sunday morning, they don't come to church and you don't see them. Then you ask me, why aren't they here? And I said, because I brought a correction or because I brought the truth to them about their situation or I explained something then they left. Most people don't believe me. They think I had a fight with those people and that's why they left. 
No, they left because they couldn't accept the truth of what the Word of God was saying, not what I was saying. I said, if you cannot live together, okay, you have to be married. They couldn't accept that. They said, you cannot fornicate. So they couldn't accept that. They said, you cannot drink. They couldn't accept that. So that's the truth. So when the devil gets into their thinking and says, listen, he's denying you the pleasures of this world that belong to you and what you've been working so hard for, you know, leave. Go find another church or don't even bother going to another church. Just keep your Christianity, keep the label going and enjoy yourself. And so he gives you a duality. And so peace comes into your heart. And you say, yeah, look, I think maybe I can have both. And Eve must have thought, yeah, I can have God and I can have the fruit of this worldly pleasure that he's offering me. And the moment she ate it, she discovered she was cast out of the kingdom. And she had brought death and evil into the world. And so we are stuck with it till Jesus came along and destroyed the enemy and exposed the truth. Okay, the veil of darkness had covered the earth. It says that till today the people in the earth are covered by a veil of darkness. You know why you cannot penetrate into their world and explain the gospel to them? Because they are covered by a veil of darkness. And you've got to get past this veil of darkness to get into the heart of a person with the word of God. You may be a Christian, okay? And you may be married to a Christian. But let's say you're having an argument. Let's say you're having a fight, husband and wife. Or two Christians having an argument about something. And one is trying to convince the other of the truth. Which one may think that they know, and the other one thinks that they know, and there's an argument ensuing. Right? Now who wins the argument? Because we're both Christians. Who wins the argument? Only one person wins the argument. And that is the truth. Not what you think. Not your opinion of it. Not your understanding of it. But the truth itself is the only one that wins the argument. Nothing else wins the argument. So you and I must begin to understand what is the truth. Why is the truth so important? When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he was explaining certain things about getting to the presence of the Father. That you cannot go any other way except to go through Jesus. Secondly, you cannot go through any other form of truth except the truth that is Jesus and what he said. And you cannot have life coming out of anything else except the life of Christ coming out of the truth. But we are seeking an alternative lifestyle that involves Christianity as an add-on rather than as the primary objective of our Christian understanding and faith. So if we have in any way deviated from that, 
put another throne in place of Jesus into our lives and we do not bow and worship him according to his truth he said Jesus said to the Samaritan woman they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth and we, we worship him in any other way it's not about you all you have is an icon you have an image of God who becomes an idol to you so it's an idolatry even though you don't worship any stone or any wood it is idolatry because Christianity becomes an idolatry Christianity is not the answer Jesus is the answer Amen. Amen. so he says we worship me in spirit and in truth so we have to discover what is the truth of our worship so we begin to understand now that we have a whole lot of things to learn about the truth and the truth is not exactly what you and I have made it out to be so what is, what is how, how do we handle this in a world that where they are practicing witchcraft? So the practice of witchcraft is anything that is both demonic and crafty. So the word craft and crafty all come from the witchcraft area, arena of darkness. Okay? Craft has got to do with that. So the moment man got the ability to make something he started designing idols so that he could bow down and worship and God talks about it in the book of Isaiah so the witchcraft and the practice of witchcraft is everything to do with deceit and with lies with treachery with guile with subtlety and also has a connotation a deeper meaning that word connotation means more than one meaning alludes to more than one meaning of putting a veil over your eyes here's where you've got to watch out okay it puts a veil over your eyes that you cannot see let's go to Acts chapter 19 I'm teaching you something this morning that you need to understand for your own life and practice it Acts 19 verse 27 Now Paul is going around in Ephesus and he's uh, you know it's a city filled with idolatry they make idols over there and then he cast out a demon from a woman and now they're in trouble because their particular craft is being lost that particular city's craft so now he says so that not only this our craft is in danger this is the guy who is angry with Paul is said to be set at naught but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and a magnificence should be destroyed whom all Asia and the world worship imagine the, the, the Diana uh, goddess craft was just making idols of a sexy looking broad uh, you know in, a, in an idol form which express sexuality fornication and all the other stuff and, and it's a good thing to worship something like that we have people around the world worshiping body parts because they, they associate with that body part and, and the devil says yeah go, go that way man. because that's a good thing 
They, they don't take it as something that is given to them as holy. Your body is holy. You don't take your body and give it to witchcraft. You don't, you don't have sex outside of marriage. Okay? Because it's holy. It's only sanctified in marriage. The bed is undefiled in marriage. Outside of marriage it is defiled. So the veil comes because the, the, the whole of the world is now under the guise of that veil of Diana which promotes fornication. He said, listen, we're going to lose this. Because now Paul is walking around telling people the truth. Not only is he telling people the truth, he's casting out the demons that are telling them the lies. So once their eyes are open, they can see Diana and worship of Diana for what it truly is. And until and unless God opens our eyes, we will not realize that may perhaps we are worshipping idols. And the biggest idol in the world today is self-idolatry. It's worshipping yourself. I, me and myself. That's all that matters. And we miss out on understanding what God is trying to say to us. We need to grow in our understanding of what God is saying to us. What is hidden? The truth must also come to the light by the truth. Something is hidden. Okay, that we know that. We know that. We know that the truth was hidden to us till God opened our eyes. Then we saw the truth. But after that, we have failed to walk with the truth and in the understanding of the truth. So we have allowed veils to come over us. So we have part of Christ and we have part of the world. And you cannot live like that. See, I'm not, I'm not a super religious person. It may come across that way to some people. But inside of me, there exists a person Okay, who's also of the flesh. So I am choosing to deny this flesh to go to the light, the new creature in Christ Jesus, because of what was revealed to me. If I had not known, I would have continued on in my merry little way and ended up dead and in hell. But Jesus intervened and revealed the truth to me and I began to know and understand hey listen I'm a dichotomy of both spirit and flesh but I'm actually spirit so I must be leaning more towards spirit and spiritual things and understanding okay I still enjoy what God has given me in the world within the confines of his commandments so it doesn't make me super spiritual because I'm seeking after God. It doesn't make me super spiritual because I'm having visions and dreams or because I hear God or because I understand God or because I can prophesy or I can see into the realm of the spirit. It doesn't make me super spiritual. It just makes me as a man whose eyes have been opened. That's all. My eyes have been opened and your eyes can be opened too. If you seek it, 
But if you don't seek it, then your eyes will start getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer till you no longer understand the Word of God, even when it is preached, even when it comes and looks at you in the face and calls you and says, come to me, you will not go because you do not understand it anymore. It's been taken away from you. Let's go to Daniel chapter 2. And verse 47. Now, this king has had a dream. Can't understand what it is. So Daniel comes along on the scene and interprets it and tells him exactly what's going to happen. So he gets excited, the king gets excited and says to him this verse 47. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Offer truth. Now listen to this. Offer truth. It is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal the secret. How was Daniel able to reveal the secret? Not because he was super spiritual. Not because he prayed 20 hours a day or whatever. No, no, no. Because God gave him the understanding. Revealed it to him. So that which was hidden to someone else was brought to the light by the truth. That's why he said offer truth. Offer truth. Right? Your God is God. Your God is the God of kings. So he brought it out and he said, now, here I'm presenting the truth to you. Now knowing and understanding came upon this person, the king, and he began to understand what God was saying to him, and he began to understand who God really is. Because this guy was king, I mean, he was king of the most known world at the time, and he had built an, uh, an idol to himself, and he was worshipping himself. And God said, no man, you got it wrong, I'm the king and you should be worshipping me. Right? He didn't even know that. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It's interesting to see who people worship today in the church. I've seen people follow a man so much it makes me feel very sick. They've lost sight of the word and of the truth of the word that God has given us. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. Don't judge anything before its time. Why? Because it's hidden. Till it is revealed. Amen? Till it is revealed, it is hidden. So God's saying that I will reveal it by my light one day, by my truth, light is true, and you will see what you have not been able to see all along. But you have been sustained by me in spite of the fact that you didn't know the truth. Look at the grace. This is grace. This is grace. Amen? You know, self-realization of the truth is a dangerous place. It's a very dangerous place because you can either go the way of witchcraft or you can go the way of the Lord. Sure. You can either go the way of witchcraft or you can go the way of the Lord. 
And I met a guy in uh, Center Point. And Chris had witnessed to him, and this day I was with this thing. And he said, started talking to me about knowing God. And I said, I met Jesus personally. And he said, yes, me too. So I said, can you describe the Jesus you've met? And uh, he started to tell me that, you know, he's all, all the gods encompass. And he's just one of the many who has come along in the journey of life and has exposed us himself. So he said, that's the truth. And he was perfectly calm, he was perfectly within his understanding, and he was sure of what he knew. But my eyes have been opened. So you could ask me, do I know the truth? And how do I know the truth? What is my truth in any way better than his truth? And that's what's going to come. That's the question that you're going to be asked. We, we know one of the things that our church and our way about saved person used to do was have testimonies. And in the testimony time, we used to just hang out for that because people used to come and tell us how they met Jesus. And this one man said he met Jesus because somebody came and told him about Jesus and he was an evolutionist. But when he spoke to him about Jesus, he began to realize that Jesus was the creator and that he created the heavens and the earth and all of mankind. So he gave his life to the Lord. And I said, you know, wow, what a testimony. It really impressed me, it really spoke to me. It set my agenda for Jesus. <coughs> a couple of years later, I was in the street witnessing with people. And I saw this guy walking towards me and I said to myself, I've seen this guy somewhere. And as I was deliberating on it, he kept coming closer to me and I offered him a tract. He said, no, nah, I've been there, done that. No need to know. And he kept walking. And then it dawned on me that this was the same man who had given the testimony in the church about how his conversion from evolutionist to creationist and yet accepted Christ on that basis. On what basis have you accepted Christ? Will you still be there at the end of the day when all around you there's failings, when all around you disappointments and discouragements, when all around you the world is collapsing, including the truth? Will you still believe Will you still stand and say that Jesus Christ is Lord? And that's what Jesus mean, meant when he said, Will I find faith when I come? Will I find faith when I come? See, Daniel said he did not know the dream or the meaning of it, except by God who revealed the secrets. So when somebody tells you, and you know that this person is a prophet. This is the prophet talking to the king, the prophet of the nation. And he's speaking to the king and he's telling him, look, this is what is going to happen. And this is the interpretation of the dream. And God was revealing this. He said, I, I didn't know this. It is God who has revealed it to me and I'm telling it to you. And the moment he said that to the king, the king said, of truth, of a truth, your God is God. 
realization, an absolute permanent realization came into his being. Don't go ahead and run ahead and judge things. Wait on it. Wait on it. You know, if we learn patience with the Lord and we wait on the Lord, then we will get the revelation of what is hidden and why it is hidden. So we need to understand what it is that is going on right now in the world. What is, what is hidden and what is being revealed, that's what we've got to know. God's expectation is truthful and always will remain truthful of the things that He says to us. If God prophesies over your life, it will be truthful. Meaning, you can test it. If something is of the truth, you can test it. It'll stand firm, it'll stand, it'll hold good. No matter what the circumstances are. Let's uh, take an example of my life. I started on a journey when I heard the voice of God say to me, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And give up everything and go. Now, how truthful is that encounter with Christ, whom I worship, five years down the track? Twenty years down the track? Thirty years down the track? We only can test it. And we know it by the fruit of what those words have brought to us. And we see that every step of the way, it is pure gold. It's pure gold. Because the trials and the tribulations, the journey of life will put you through a sea. Okay? And you will wonder whether you even heard the voice of God. You will wonder whether you, you, you should remain a Christian. I have met so, so many, countless numbers of people who have said, nah, like, this is too difficult, I'm out of here. I don't want to know here. It's too difficult. I can't handle it anymore. No answers. He doesn't talk to me. And, you know, I can only see rock in the church. And uh, I don't want to know. You know, I want to live my life. And I'd say, we'll sort it out when I die. And that's the truth being taken away of what God revealed to you in the beginning about Himself. Slowly but surely, inch by inch, day by day, it's a working of attrition whereby it wears you down, it wears you down. But God expects us to conduct our affairs on this earth in absolute faith mm -hmm. and in truth. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I will begin at verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we find not. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, 
Not walking in craftiness. Look at the word he uses. Craftiness. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth. <laughs> but by the manifestation of the truth. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. They're making it very clear to us that craft or witchcraft is being involved in the breaking down of the gospel so much so it does not have power to relieve it, to, to, to make a person know that something is of God. How do you know that you're speaking in tongues is of God? How do you know that? You see? How do you know it is not of God? There was a woman in a church and they used to practice the speaking of uh, in the gift of speaking in tongues and someone was speaking in tongues and the Lord spoke to another woman in the church and said that's a false tongue go and tell her that publicly. So she got up and when he told that lady you're speaking a false tongue stop it now. It took a lot from this lady to do that and because of that she felt sick because of the intention of going and doing something so publicly. How do you know? How assured are you of the truth that you believe? Because that's the question that's going to be asked of you. Did God say? But God says no, no, no. I want you to walk in a way that we have received the mercy and we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking with craftiness. Do you know how many people are speaking crafty things today from the pulpit? Designed to tickle your ears, designed to take your money, okay? designed to tell you that it's, hey, it's all right, right, don't worry about it. And you can sin, don't worry about it. You don't even have to repent. Right? Because God loves you. And that's the craftiness. Why? Because we, we have designed the church to keep the people in the church. We have not designed the church to keep people in Christ. We have designed to keep them in the church. Yeah. A physical place. But we have designed the church to keep people in Christ. That whether they are in a physical place called church or not, they are in Christ. Hallelujah. And that's what I'm doing over here. To bring you into Christ more and more and more every day. Including myself in the process. Because I'm being challenged about my faith by staying here as to whether I'm in Christ. So I have to find myself in Christ before I tell you about Christ. The purpose of darkness is to hide the truth. That's what darkness is there for. If I want to tell you something that I don't want you to know, I can use diplomacy. I can use encouragement. I can use subtle words. They've all got to do with darkness. 
But if I tell you something that is the truth, you are not going to like it. Because I am telling you the truth. Uh, you could have put it a better way, Master. Probably. But I am telling you the truth. Forget about how I put it to you. Have you received the truth? You see, you are looking for a way out. So you got to lay the blame back on the person who is telling you the truth. So that you don't have to face the truth and act upon it. The truth is the truth, no matter what, whether a person says it nicely or doesn't say it nicely. The Lord says, you are my children and I will rebuke you as a father. But if I don't rebuke you as a father, then you are illegitimate. You are not my children. Now, would you like God to tell you that? He's not putting it nicely, is he? But he's telling you the truth. He told the Pharisees, you hypocrites, you wipers, you brood of wipers. You snakes, you white wall specks, sepulchers. Oh, that's not putting it nicely. No, but he was telling them the truth. My friends, we need to wake up. Stop living in offense. Stop living in a way that you're looking out rather than trying to get in to the truth. The purpose of darkness is to hide the truth. I don't want to hide the truth. And the purpose of light is to reveal the truth. Right? That's what the light is there for. When you walk into a dark room, what do you do first? You put a light on. Why? Because you want to reveal what is in the room. So that you can find your way in that room. Even if that room is your room and you've been in that room for 30, 40 years in your life, the first thing you do is put the light on. Let's go to John chapter 8. Forty-two to forty-seven. Jesus said unto them, that God by your father you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Wow. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. You are not of God. Oh, me? I don't want to be told that. Galatians chapter 4, verse 16. Paul is talking to the Galatians and he's saying that they had made a mistake in their faith. And then he's telling them, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Suppose I you know he had told them that they had started in the spirit and gone to the flesh because of witchcraft. He says, Who has bewitched you? That you started in the spirit and moved to the flesh. So they got angry with them. 
because he established the church. He was the father of the, of the, of the church. But they got angry with him and they threw him out. And he said, no, no. I'm telling you the truth. Now how was he to establish the truth? You see, it was very easy because the Holy Spirit spoke through him. They got convicted and because they got convicted they threw him out. That's how it works. When someone does not like the truth, they reject you. They throw you out. Get lost. Don't have anything to do with me anymore. I don't want to know you. And the truth is waiting for us to humble ourselves and accept the fact that it is the truth. I didn't want to give my life to the Lord even though I knew he was there because I didn't want to accept the truth of what he was saying to me. Took me 34 years of my life before I came to know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, though I had known about him from when I was very small. So the truth was, if I don't accept him, I was going to die and go to hell. So he gave me dreams, he gave me visions of that, of me in heaven. It scared me, but I still didn't give my life to the Lord. Now, and God is talking, the Holy Spirit is talking to the church and saying, listen, the church, wake up. You are losing your way. You've gone your own way. You've, you've not prioritized and placed Jesus on the throne. You're placing yourself on the throne, your gifts, your talents, your way of worship. You know, I was telling the youth group on Friday night in, Ten in, Ch in Chennai, I was talking to them, and I was saying to them, we have introduced a worship culture into the church. So now all we're doing is listening to songs and worshipping God. While the whole world outside of us is dying. So what's the church become? An introverted, internal organization of self-worship unto God. So we're looking for avenues other than what God has told us to do, which is going to all the world and preach the gospel, so we look for all religions and we say, wow, the worship was so great. Yeah, the worship was great. I'm not saying don't worship God. Of course you must worship God. In, in, in song, you must. But that doesn't mean you spend hours and hours and hours in the day doing that and nothing else. Right? We have to come to the place that the truth must set us free. Must make us to go forward. One day I was reading a book called Excuse Me, Your Rejection is Showing. Beautiful book. It's a very little, it's a thin book, beautifully written. It's all about the case histories of these people who this, took, this couple had dealt with. And I opened the book to read it on behalf of someone else. Not for me. And the first case history that they wrote about described me to the T. To the T. And as I was reading this, I began to get hot and I began to realize that this was talking about me. By the time I got to the end of that case history, 
I got revelation and realization that hang on a second, he's talking about me. When I got that revelation, a demon from my left shoulder just took off. He's talking about rejection. You know, some of us are going through rejection. But we don't want to accept it. The reason we're, the choices we're making is because of rejection. The kind of fellowship we have with people is because of we don't want to be rejected by somebody else. I said, telling that group, the youth group, I said, you need to go and preach the gospel. I said, don't look for pulpit ministry. Go out on the highways to the Bibles and preach the gospel. You will be rejected. Ask Chris how many times he's been rejected. Mark. Others who come out on the streets. How many times have you been rejected? Preach the gospel. You will be rejected. And that's why we don't preach the gospel, because we are told off. Right? Because people tell, tell us off. Rejection is a terrible thing, but we don't make choices based on rejection. We make choices based on the truth that those people are going to hell who don't receive Jesus as they are going to say. And that if we don't preach the gospel, we ourselves will be judged. In the last days, the truth will always be sought to be hidden by the devil in his attempt to deceive people. Yet God will reveal the truth and the truth will set us free. But only if you can receive it. Only if you can receive it. You know, when I came to this part of the world, God said to me, you don't know how to love. I said, what? I've been tra traveling 14 years serving you without a salary, income and support. Uh, I love you and I'm worshiping. You say, yeah, but you don't love people. Wow. And I thought, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I, I do, honestly. Oh, I, no, no, you don't. You don't love people the way I love them. I said, wow. How am I supposed to do that? I said, glad you asked me, but you showed me. And then the journey began. And every step of the way, he doesn't tell you all at once. He tells you how you behaved, the words you used, the thoughts you had, the motivations you had when you said those words, and how unloving and how unkind they were in that instance to that person. I say, you've got to be kidding me. Are you telling me that I can't say this and I can't say that and, and if, if I say this it's wrong and if I say that it's wrong, he said yes. So I said, what do I say? He said, say only what I tell you, he said. And so it became a journey of learning to love the unlovable, learning to love the one who doesn't want to be loved, taking the offenses of those who hate you and loving them, Say, so love your enemies. Pray for them. Do not curse them. Do not put them down. Come on. I want to give you a simple example of what is happening to me. I was telling Mark, Mark, can you build this fence? And can you put this railing for my, because these kids are coming and jumping on my uh, deck and the two steps I have in the front. They're destroying it. And this is going on for about a year and a half. And you know, and we're getting nowhere. We're not doing anything about it. And the whole time I get this still small voice telling me, very still small voice telling me, 
all you've got to do is put something in their path. And I think, no, that's too simple. No, I don't want to do that. Mark, can you build me a fence? Can you do the, put the railing down? And we're working on plans. We're going to Bunnings. We're doing all sorts of things. Well, I had to stay in the deck. And there were big pots with plants in them on the deck that I had to move. So I told them, I said, let's move them. And we'll put them out by the front deck, in front of the deck, and we'll see what happens. We'll see if they come in. Guess what? It stopped. Completely stopped. But for one and a half years, I want to tell you honestly, confess my sin. I had bad thoughts. I had bad thoughts. And I had to tell myself every time those thoughts arose, hey, that's not God's way. But I had to accept the truth that I could not show love to these children, even in my thoughts. Even in my thoughts. My friends, this message will take more than two weeks. Mm -hmm. I think we need to stop pretty soon. So, we will stop in a minute. God will reveal the truth. Okay? You just have to be listening. You just have to be listening. And once you know the truth, the truth will set you free. But that does not mean you will not suffer persecution. But you will be free from demonic and human control. They will not be able to affect you. Because the truth has the power to set us free. Amen. And when it sets us free, we are free indeed. I want to end the message here because I've got a, a lot more to do in trying to bring this teaching. But I, I just want you to think about your own situation. What truths are you accepting today? Who's speaking to you? Is it God? Is it the devil? Is it yourself? Is it someone else influencing you? Family, perhaps. You need to hear the truth. And you need to take steps that are associated with the light that reveals the truth to you. Amen? A lamp and a light under my path is the word of God. The good news is that even though Daniel had written that about the truth being cast down to the ground, though the truth will be cast down to the ground, it will not be stamped out. And that's the good news. But there will come a period when there will be gross darkness across the earth and many will lose their lives and many will not walk with God and many will leave the church and many, when I say leave the church, they're leaving the body of Christ not a physical establishment they will leave the body of Christ they will no longer walk with Jesus many well-known and long-standing Christians will do that we need the truth every area of our lives, our thought life, our speech life, the way we act, the things we say, the things we do. Don't lie. Don't falter in pride talk 
and don't say things that don't mean anything. Talk the truth. Get rid of the I, me, and myself. Come to the place of truth. And Jesus will bless you and heal you and deliver you and get you higher and higher in the walk you are walking with. And no matter what enemy comes against you, it cannot stand because the truth prevails. Amen? Finally, in finishing, the Lord said in John 14, I will go to the Father and I will ask Him to give you a comforter called the Spirit of Truth. It's interesting, isn't it? That the comforter is called the Spirit of Truth. He mentions it three times in the book of John. And it's an amazing thing that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Truth lives in us. We know the truth. He says the world doesn't know it, but you and I will know it because of the Holy Spirit living in us. And I can just feel the presence of the Lord now, saying, yes, He is in you. Learn the truth and walk in the truth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit of truth that will lead us into all truth, will reveal Jesus to us, especially in these last days and the things that we need to know about your will for our lives. Bless everyone who's in a place where they need to know the truth about who they are, where they came from and where they're going and help them to understand what the future holds. So that they'll realize not to make foolish decisions, but to trust you. That you will answer, because your God answers. You will never let us fail or fall, because you love us. But we must seek you, Lord. Help us to be seek to, to seek you, be encouraged in seeking you. First, first, and then our decisions. We bless you, we honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer this morning, please come. We want to pray for you. There are things that maybe need your help. I mean, we need, need help in. And, you know, God wants to...